0: Ohayo gozamas. What's going on? Mason Cutler here. And welcome back to Airwaves. We got episode two coming up for you. Today I got to chat with Melanie Pennywild, Wildman. Penny Wild. Pennywild Wild is a dancer, a DJ, a choreographer, and an entrepreneur. I'm stoked for you guys to hear everything that she's been working on in this episode of Airwaves. The Trust Industries Podcast. Thanks for coming welcome to
1: this love, like money in the bank.
0: Well, thanks for coming. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me. I'm well, excited. Well, I'm having you technically. Yeah. Because we're in my bedroom.
0: We yeah, uh, we're in Penny's bedroom. It's a, uh, it's pretty colorful. Uh, there's a Hello Kitty that says sex on its forehead. Uh, huh. We got West Side Story posters.
1: True, correct, indeed.
0: Ton- tons of DJ gear.
1: Yeah thankfully.
0: Well, you have a gig tonight.
1: I have a gig tonight. Yeah. yeah. At the Roosevelt Hotel in Los Angeles.
0: Oh yeah. And how, how have they been going?
1: They've been good. Um, today isn't really a show. It's more of like a gig. I'm just playing music for a party. Um, but the reason I got it was because I was connected with a, with a dude that I have played actual shows for. So he hit me up and was like, I don't know if you normally do gigs, but would you want to do this thing? And I've never played the Roosevelt, so I figured it was was a cool opportunity.
0: And what do you mean like a gig versus a show?
1: So at a show, I would showcase what I'm working on, original music and original edits and some unreleased stuff. I would also bring on, you know, like my dancers and have my visuals playing and uh, sort of intertwined a bunch of different like mediums of art that i've been working on whereas a show whereas a gig rather is more of a um sort of contrived just playlist you know it's like i'm still using my skills as a you know live dj and mixing live but it's more catered to just like a house party vibe Mm -hmm. as opposed to like a penny wild you know original experience (laughs)
0: right yeah yeah uh, I think it's dope what, what you've been doing, kind of putting things together more, um, with the dancing and the music and, and, and everything like that. Um, Thank but you. do you find that when you're gigging, it at least helps you like hone some skills or, and, and things like that?
1: Totally. I really enjoy gigging and I don't have another job other than music and dance. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a really good way. Number one, to just supplement income while still working and refining my skills as a DJ. Cause I have, you know, there's a lot to be said for the art form of just DJing itself, just mixing and, you know, music selection and technique. And there's a lot of different uh, elements that make you a strong DJ. And at the end of the day, when I'm performing my live shows, like where my meat and potatoes are as an artist, what I really love to do includes DJing. So it's really good practice. And I also meet a lot of really cool people Yeah, because these events usually consist of artists you know right and they'll usually approach me saying hey i love that song you know what is it and then sometimes rarely it'll be like my song and i'll be like oh well now i can just kind of seamlessly plug myself you know (laughs) to these quote-unquote like influential people but it's always really fun the gigs are really fun and the shows are even more fun
0: yeah, it's, it's got to feel good like playing your own song in your own set and it starts, you know, popping off or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> totally. Like I experience that a lot with edits because it's a song that I'll usually manipulate a song that people are familiar with, but I'll re-drum it or I'll, um, you know, do uh, I'll do like a mix prior that I'll just have created beforehand that so that it's seamlessly performed when I'm doing it live and people will always be like, "Oh I, I love this song, but I never heard this version, and it's cool to be like, "Oh yeah, well, it's an edit I made of it, you know, and here go to this link and you can download it for free so that's always cool
0: where Where can people find uh your, your music and edits and things like that like do you have a do you have a website or a hub or something that you kind of post them on or
1: so the official releases are on Spotify, Apple music, like Amazon, and Soundcloud, but the edits that I know will be flagged because they'll have like a Drake verse in them or something. I put in a Dropbox folder that I share with like my friends. Fly. So, you know, if anybody ever wants edits to, to DJ themselves or to just sort of put on a playlist, you know, always DM me or email me.
0: That's dope. Yeah. Um, I, I've always kind of wondered how it works. Cause I'm like, Learning so much about copyright issues and things totally. like that—it's like I have so many questions.
1: Yeah, it's about- a fine line. It's like a slippery slope with the cop with the legality issues. Yeah, even as I'm sure you may have experienced, although you, whenever you do uh, freestyle and you dance, it's usually to your own music at this point, which is so cool. But I'm sure you might have experienced a video getting taken down from Instagram just because you were, like, freestyling to a song that you were listening to. Right. But it's cool when you can get those songs whitelisted from the label and then you're allowed to post it freely because you've got, like, internal permission.
0: How do you do that? I've always wondered.
1: Yeah, well, I don't necessarily have, like, the answer to that for every single track, but for specific songs, if you know someone at a label, like, I have a really dear friend that has been able to whitelist – a lot of popular music just because she sort of has like a contact there. Yeah. So I'll hit her up or, um, a lot of times different networks. Like I work with, uh, this company dance on a lot. And I just
0: did a video for them. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And
1: it's like amazing. I <laughs> love that video. And I told, I told them last week and I saw them that that was probably my favorite. Um, cause it was part of a series called, uh, artist request, I believe. Mm-hmm and that was my favorite. The one that you were in was, was my favorite one. Um, but they're they they um, they're able to waitlist a lot of stuff, which has been a really nice, uh, you know, bonus. Yeah. They've been able to help out in that way.
0: Cool. Yeah. It was fun doing that video. Uh, I
1: know. I really, really yeah. enjoyed it. And I've been following Rye for years.
0: Yeah, they're so good.
1: They're so good. And I think on my Spotify wrapped, 2017 wrapped, they were like, I think it was one of my top, their song "Last Dance" was one of my top five songs that was played this year, and it's not; it wasn't even released in 2017. <laughs> I'm late to the party, but yeah, they're really unique.
0: Yeah, I uh, it, the video is called "Taste." Um, yes. This girl named Noelle Marsh choreographed it and basically invited me to do it last minute, and really, it turned out to be. Like more than I'd expect. I was like, okay, cool. And there was like a little bit of acting element to it. And we actually shot it out in Topanga like five minutes from where I live, which was crazy. Was
1: that on purpose? No. Wow. No,
0: it just happened to be at this place called the Mountain Mermaid, which is this wild house with the craziest history in Topanga. It used to be like a – it was like a gay club in like the 50s or something crazy. And then it was like some like mob mafia type hub for a while that was like a brothel, literally like a brothel in Topanga. And I was like – Topanga is the sleepiest town like I had no clue it has all of this history that I just didn't even know about you know
1: that's so sick yeah yeah the the video like just even the plot line of it really resonated with me I like was like shit I feel like I made this you know what I mean like Noelle's choreography was really really innovative and just kind of encapsulated a lot of different things that I've been experiencing since I moved here and yeah I don't know her but um but if I ever meet her, I'll tell her how much I, I liked it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Her, her choreography is intense. Like, yeah, and she was so like... full out right from the beginning that I was like, okay, Hell yeah. so you want to do that.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> did you rehearse on site or did you guys rehearse? We, I,
0: I came in like the night before and learned some partnering stuff because she was doing, uh, if, if you check out the video, it's, uh it's like a husband and wife type situation. And then there's another girl in the mix and um, she's doing kind of intense partnering with the girl. That's yeah. my, my favorite choreographically. Totally. Part of some of those yeah. shapes that they're making. Absolutely. Are really cool. Um, But yeah, just kind of hopped into it. And the next day we started shooting it. So it was literally just like, okay, here we go. And it turned out being really fun in that way because you were just like, uh, you didn't have time to overthink it, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. Well, it also seemed like there were a lot of things that were, set in stone. There are a lot of, like, marks that you guys hit. But I I saw that there was a little bit of room for, like, improv. especially Especially the moments that sort of were just her. Yeah. You know, I could tell that there were some, like, spontaneous, sporadic choices that were being made, which was cool. It didn't seem, like, super rehearsed. It was clean and it was tight, but it wasn't, like, you know, kickball change. (laughs) You know, it wasn't, like, too wrapped up.
0: Ironed out or something like that. Yeah. we got to go see the band a couple days after that mm. they played this live show uh of like all their new stuff basically and i was mind blown like totally. i i haven't seen uh that many concerts in the past little bit just cuz i've been what, focused more on writing right um and i was like blown away i couldn't believe it like with the with the strings and things Ugh, like that like it beautiful. just brings it's so beautiful it just brought this element of like of just awe, you know.
1: Totally. And it was
0: such a small space, and they just had like little, you know, twinkling lights and, and stuff mm. like that. And they they would they played so quiet, I couldn't believe it. Like they would do these arrangements where they would start where it was literally just whispering. Like oh my gosh. he was barely, you couldn't even hear what he was he barely speaking. <laughs> and then the guitar player would just be playing the lightest thing, and the, the whole arrangement would just grow to like this.
1: <laughs> it's so delicate because what they make is so so delicate, and it's very precious. Yeah, you know, it's not. It's I feel like they don't release anything unless it's the exact vision. It's nothing is accidental with them. I feel like everything is very on purpose. And you know, I think and I'm definitely not the only person who felt this way, but when the first time I heard Rye, I was like, oh, this female vocalist is tight, you know? (laughs) But there's something about the dichotomy almost of like him being, you know, a male and having this really soft, like luscious Sincere tone that sort of just strikes you in a way where you're like, oh, this is almost like a paradox, you know. It's just yeah, it's really, really special, really special.
0: It was cool. We got to chat with him a little bit afterwards, and and he was just geeking out about production stuff. I was like, tell me about this, and he was so he was just telling me all about his you know his own process, and he's like, oh, you got to get one of these pianos and this and that, and he was just he knew so much about that recording process you could tell he was just a nerd about it and it was so fun just to get to like geek out a little (laughs) bit that's
1: the best types of conversation yeah where it's just like passion spewing (laughs) you know you can't speak fast enough so sick. talking
0: about gear 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 so shout out rye (laughs) yeah shout out to (laughs) rye thank you thank you for uh letting us do the video and also um letting us come see the show because that was fun so sick yeah so
1: sick i i had like a Sort of a similar experience fairly recently because I got to shoot these the visuals for Marion Hill's uh, upcoming like tour. So it was a lot of B roll, you know, like it was they hired me as they brought me on as the choreographer and collaborator. So I hired my friend Kevin from New York, who's out here now, who's in Mean Girls on Broadway right now. He's killing it. Hey. Um but we we got on set and it was just a lot of like waist up now waist down now just your hands now here's this string that I want you to intertwine so it actually ended up being like improvisational I kind of scrapped everything that I had prepared when I got there because I was like this was not what I thought it was going to be and then as a thank you for doing the gig they were playing in LA at the Fonda a few days later so Kevin oh no Kevin didn't go I brought I brought another friend I forgot who it was maybe it was Quinn but um I got to see the show and my visuals weren't integrated yet because they were they were like wrapping up that leg of the tour and then they were going to start using them for the festivals just to play in the back. And like you can barely see my face, you know, like you can see there's a shot of my face, but I'm kind of in silhouette. So it's really not about like FaceTime. It's more just about like the body language and the storytelling. But then I got to see their performance and I was so blown away. And um, I wish we had gotten to chat with them, but they were so, you know, busy. They've, they've, they've gotten so big, they... They had like a lot, they had, you know, meet and greets and stuff. So I just kind of slipped out, but it was so cool to like work on a project with their team for, you know, for their project and then see it cause have come to fruition before your eyes a few days later with all these cheering, adoring fans, you know, <laughs> and just to think that you were like a smidge of a part of their, their work Yeah, is, is really cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so cool. I feel like, um, you in particular, you have that sense of being able to speak a lot of different languages right like you you obviously know the dance side of things and then you're putting it together with all of your musical instincts so it's like you too yeah (laughs) it's cool to see the ways that this is sort of you know blossoming Uh, creatively in in ways that I don't think it necessarily has before you know
1: it's so cool to think about too because so you and I met I would think I think it was like two years ago yeah maybe a little under two years ago and immediately because we met at the Kanye West Life of Pablo like movie screening in <laughs> in Woodland, Woodland Hills, Hills. <laughs> that mall Every, you know what I'm talking about yeah. everybody listening probably knows what that mall is but i remember us going to pf chang's after yeah. and then we had we had just met so there was like a lot of ground to cover where are you from what did you do and we just like could not stop talking about these goals that we had and we had this common goal of wanting to unite different mediums of art and use a platform to sort of like have everything coexist as one and marry all these different skills and marry these, these forms of expression. But we kind of sounded like kids at a candy store in the (laughs) sense where we're just like taking all these ideals and like throwing them out in the universe and being like, let's work on that soon this year. Let's start an event, which we ended up doing. Let's, you know, work on music, which we ended up doing. And now a few years later, we're definitely closer to like, making that a reality. Right. You know, we both have had these like other jobs and other lives doing things with dance and theater, you know, um, respectively. And now we're sort of coming in, I'm watching us coming into our own as artists and, and saying things. Mm-hmm. I don't think we were, I don't think we were able to do that before. It wasn't as accessible. Right. We hadn't really had the formula cause there was no formula. Right. For something like that. And not only with, you and I, but I, I'm seeing it a lot with other people. Who there was another dancer recently, um, Jordan Ward? No, uh, Billy. Uh, so because Tim just shot this video with uh, Cassandra did choreo for it, uh-huh. and there was this dancer that, uh, I'm so embarrassed that I'm forgetting his name, but his name's Billy Grip. Uh, I don't know, he's a very, very like popular dancer, well respected dancer, contemporary. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, Until You Think. And then he all of a sudden, like, makes music and, like, had this song that was it's called, like, Missing You or Miss You or something. And because um, Tim and Sl- Slater showed it to me because Tim had just been, had just released it. And I, he was dancing in it, but it was his music. Yeah. His original music. Yeah. And he was, you know, dancing, like, incredibly. It was, like, <laughs> top notch. The choreography was amazing. And he's usually known as a choreographer. But here he was, like, in his element dancing but dancing to his own music so that was sort of taking the stage that was taking the forefront and i was like this is a movement you know dancers sort of coming into their own as artists and i'm seeing more and more dancers write and make mute. like i've just been seeing them shoot, sort video. Of shoot video direct really speak because so often we're just like props We're decor and i think people like sort of just woke up to that and they were like, we can tell our own stories. So, you know, I think you and I are are striving for that. And there's a lot of other people that are striving for it, which is so cool. It's so cool to see dancers step into their own.
0: Right. I I think I really feel that dancers are some of the most eager people, some of the most passionate people. And I I think sometimes that gets taken advantage of, which can be kind of sad because it's like, okay, we, we become sort of the Swiss army knife of the entertainment industry where it's like, okay, just have them do whatever you need to be done for next to no pay or whatever it is. (laughs) Sometimes that can be a great thing because dancers are usually so multi-talented that it's like, and so passionate that we can just jump in and make something work and create something. Right. But sometimes I feel like it is taken advantage of to where, you know, we get used in a certain way.
1: Totally. I mean, it strikes me. I'll I'll put out an offer. I'll have a freelance gig, and I'll put out a few offers and emails, and I'll say what the rate is. You know, and they'll come back and they'll be like, "Oh, well, I mean, I would have done it for free." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> well, that's super sweet of you, but uh, you don't need to." Yeah, I mean, when I'm making my own passion project, when I'm just working for my own, my own channel, my own material, sometimes I don't have a budget and. That's when homies will come in and do it for free or, you know, I'm not certainly not paying myself or a videographer homie wants stuff for his reel and will help out. But when it's um, a real job that another third party is sort of like handing off to you, um, it is really important to like speak up for what you deserve. And I think saying no actually really helps sometimes. Yeah. You know, you got to, you got to sort of fight for what you believe in and sort of stand your ground and say, if you're not going to pay me like day scale, no disrespect, but I just can't do it. And I've had people say that to me all the time and I'm like, totally, that's great. I get it. I get it.
0: I've been trying to refer just to the Dancers Alliance stuff. Like if I feel like, you know, something isn't, isn't quite right, I just try and refer to the Dancers Alliance rates for, you know, a music video or whatever it is someone's reaching out to me about. But sometimes people are shocked.
1: You know, I'll speak to uh, since I since I do music and I dance, I've been able to get a lot of job opportunities from like people in my music community that are that have said, "We know you're a choreographer." They like don't know any other choreographers. You know? <laughs> they go, you're a choreographer. Do you want to choreograph? You know, this lyric video or this video. And then I share them, you know, what like the SAG day rate would be to pay eight dancers. And they're like, well, that's out of our budget. We can't do it. And I'm like, well, then we can't do it. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing that. Because I I feel like it really does take people just being aware of those things because we're so excited when we get these opportunities. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you just want that that place to speak your creativity. So you're like you want to run with it. Right. But it's also like, you know, looking out for the people who are working with you, working under you, working above wherever they're working, just so that we can kind of stick together and, 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 you know, make sure that dancers are respected for what we do give to this entertainment industry, which I think is Mm -hmm. so much more than, than, um, than people give us credit for.
1: Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think just being a freelance artist or being a freelance professional period warrants for a lot of gray area, you know, how much Should I ask for? Right. You know, doing rates always stresses me out because I don't want to scare anybody away Mm
0: -hmm. with too
1: high of a number, but I also don't want to sell myself short. And I also got to factor in what it's going to cost to rent studio space for rehearsal and what the rehearsal stipend for the dancer should be. And then overhead of, you know, wanting to pay an editor a really nice amount so that he puts a lot of effort and care into it. Right. And then half the time I end up like not being able to afford an editor, so I just edit it. And then, (laughs) but that... You know, I'm certainly not paying myself for that. And then that's just days and days of unrest. For what? Yeah. You know? So I've been trying to meet in the middle, I guess, with uh, with sort of label heads and directors and saying, you know, I'm fine with paying myself bottom of the barrel, but I need to pay my, the people that I'm hiring the fair and square amount so that they do their best work.
0: 100%. And they can
1: prioritize their life, if they got to take off a shift at the restaurant, yeah. you know, then they better be making more than they would have at the restaurant. Yeah, So it's tough. But I think, I think,
0: I think if you want great dance, it's, it's important that people are getting paid to do it. Right. It's like oh, yeah. With, without it, you're, you're just not going to get the good dance that that's out there. No. You know, it's like, if, if you want this, the best possible product for whatever you're trying to create, you know, you, you want to be able to bring more people, people need to be able to make a living doing what you're asking them to do. Right. So, um,
1: totally. And I mean, that being said, there have been there have been times where someone says, Hey, we've got like 300 bucks. What can you do? And depending on what it is, what the situation is, I always like to try to make something happen. So if it means instead of making it a video about eight people to video about two people, right. And then, you know, you give them a stipend and, and you got to work together and create together and, you know it took a day yeah so i try to scale it down to like a rehearsal or two if it's a really small budget and i've also been and i and i still haven't really exercised this yet but i'm also really trying to say no to stuff that doesn't really move me yeah it's hard though because if if you have if you have a week that's you have free time you always want to be busy so you like to say yes so that you've got work you've got work to work on even if it's not the biggest payment but sometimes if a piece of music just doesn't really inspire you, or an, or a concept just doesn't really inspire you, and that's what you have to stick to, sometimes it's better to just give it to someone else that that really that really wants to do that.
0: Yeah, I think especially when you have other you know creative projects going, like your music or whatever it is, you know, I I. I I want to be able to live that ideal life of like always working on something I'm really inspired by, you know,
1: (laughs) totally. I think you do a good job of that. Thanks. From from afar, from what I I uh, see. I
0: I say no to a fair amount of things so I can make more music and surf more. (laughs) You do. You do. (laughs) Maybe to a fault.
1: No, I don't think to a fault. (laughs) I mean, it's interesting because even things that I've, I've offered to you, I kind of sense a pattern of what you're into and what you're not. Yeah. Like if it's a collaborative, exciting pursuit, you know, where we're like mixing mediums or or we're just freestyling and jamming. You would have done that anyway. You yeah. know, that's something that you would lean towards rather than like, hey, you know, here's not much money for a lot of work and it's <laughs> kind of like a random, you know, company for like a stupid corporate, you know. I think it's easy to tell what um, certain people will, will want to get involved with and what they won't. So I've, I've, after two years of having this pool of dancers, I sort of know who to turn to for what right. now, you know, I know who's down to jam and who's really good at freestyling. And then I know who's down to like, you know, sort of scrape by and get scrappy with me and just sort of like rehearse all night and then like get paid not much. When those come along, you know, it's cool to have sometimes younger people that are just kind of scratching the surface yeah. that just want experience. Get some
0: job experience.
1: But you know, it kind of all goes back. It's like this vicious cycle of, but do I even want to put people in that position? Right. So right. I think when it comes to that, I think we're learning every day, and I think um, we're all sort of just navigating what feels right yeah. and what feels wrong. Because when you know, it's not, it's not in the car. Like when you know, you, you know when you should be getting involved with something or not. I feel like that's a guttural instinct most of the time. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I agree. (laughs) Dumb.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny that it's so funny that we're sitting here doing this because we've had so many conversations about just we've just had this conversation. just like this this podcast is just like even what we talk about on the phone. So it's funny now that, you know, maybe a couple people will get to hear it, too. And you know, I'm sure this probably reminds a lot of people of conversations that they have with like fellow friends and artists and stuff.
0: Yeah. So honestly, that's, natural. that's exactly kind of what I want to do. I want to be able to just give people snippets of like what I get to talk about with the people that I think are really creative and doing really cool things. Right. So totally. you, you, you have so many things that have inspired me over the, the, the years since I've known you, you, too. you know, Seriously, and, you too. and I think. It, it It's just cool for people to get a different take on things or whatever, you know, maybe learn a little something or go after something they might not have otherwise or whatever it is, you know, it's like, totally. I, I think that's really cool. I mean,
1: um, you you posted a video recently um, that was you going into a space, taking a little like Tascam field recorder, whatever you were <laughs> using, uh, recording just like dry samples of, of of sounds that were that the space was just like sort of creating by itself sticks and stones and like railings and high frequency sounds and low frequency sounds and then you dance to this to the music that you made and you don't even know this until right now but uh, Slater and I went to this space by his house in Sherman Oaks recorded a bunch of samples (laughs) I'm like halfway done with the song and I'm gonna do the same thing and and I want you to like I was gonna talk to you about maybe like naming what that process is called and maybe it's a series and maybe anytime someone does it, you know, they can refer to it as this series or tag something hashtag. like hashtag so that they're all sort of, they can, cause I can think of like three other people that would be really good at that. Um,
0: do, do you have any name ideas?
1: <laughs> Let's see. Well, okay. So I actually, I have like a, big no let me give my yes, list yes
0: I've been trying to think of names for it and I was going to call it score it but then I was already doing oh. a little series called loop it and I was like right. is every is it like I like it, score it but I, I
1: wanted to-, <laughs> to Slater and I were brainstorming I-, I told him about this idea and he's really excited he's going to film it then he's going to make it sort of um cinematic in the sense yours was a little bit self it was self-filmed so it was kind of vlog style. Yeah. But Slater has been getting into directing and um filming with with Tim and he's gotten really good at it. He's super solid. He just yeah, he's amazing. And um he has sort of like his own vision for it too. So we're gonna sort of combine concepts. Um we like sampled stuff from his car too so we sampled like the whole journey from the car to the hike. So we got like Blinker, we got engine revving, got the AC going on, which was nice because the AC was this gradual crescendo. Mm. And so if you just put like a saturator on it and uh, like a chorus, it gets super full hmm. and it can sort of act as like the crowd noise. You know how you always, sometimes I like to have put background, a track of background noise in my, in my music. And then I can sort of um, like side chain compress it. So it kind of pulses like that K trip. He 100%. usually like does, the, does it to the kick or like a ghost kick. So there's that body so I use that for the basis of it, and then I use my walks on the gravel as the initial percussion or like the 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 click, you know. Wow! And um, it's hard because I'm trying to make the song with just the sounds, but I'm adding stuff because it's just <laughs> not as it's not as uh it's not as full from just the stuff. I couldn't really find that much of a variety. But that being said, anyway, I digress. The song, the the series name, I had like uh. Like soundscape. Wait, let me go to my actual list because I was trying to combine movement with music and sort of like a soundscape or like stepscape or like um. Here, I'm actually gonna go to my computer because that's where the list is. I was been checking to the
0: your own beat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The beat of your own drum, sweetie.
0: Dance to the music that you made to where you found samples of random stuff, and then you made hashtag made it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Let's see. Um, Slater. So- oh, I-, <laughs> I think Slater sound because I'm doing the video with Slater and it was just a nice reminder for me.
0: She's talking about Slater Kodish.
1: Slater Kodish on the track. Yeah. He's actually a great DJ too. Yeah. Um, anyway, I can't find this stupid list, but I, I-, I don't- we'll- I'll have to text you if yeah. I think of any names, but we do need to think of a name.
0: I think that's a great. I I love that you went out and just created something. That's. Stellar. I was gonna yeah. just
1: like send it to you one day and be like, "Look, I did it too," <laughs> as a surprise, which I think would you would have been delighted by. But I kind of I was like, "I gotta say it," because it's on <laughs> the tip of my tongue. Yeah. But um, I'm really excited. Well, also, something that was uh, instrumental for like me coming into my own was you used to do this thing called Freestyle Friday. Yeah. And. I saw I watched them right when we met because you had just posted one and then I went to the tag and I watched a bunch of them. Yeah So then I wanted to have my own version of that But my strength lies in like preconceived choreography or at least it did and as opposed to freestyle So I wanted to do something that held me accountable that was on like a monthly or a weekly basis gave me an excuse for a platform that I could just create no money involved just like get my friends together and make stuff up so I created Wild Wednesdays. Yeah, and I wouldn't have had the idea if I didn't see your Freestyle Fridays. And I've done twenty five of them, and I'm posting twenty sixth on Wednesday. That I and that I am actually doing that dance on funded, which is so sick because it started as an out of pocket expense, and it's actually ended up being like a lucrative endeavor. So so funny, yeah. You inspire me so much. It's so funny.
0: It's it's really cool to see you know, you. Create stuff like that. And I, I love that it's becoming lucrative. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, nothing crazy, but yeah, it's, it's. But even
0: if it's paying for itself, it's like, right. that's th- you're there. You like, know?
1: A, four months ago, I decided um, for a m- number of reasons. One, I was getting flagged, I didn't have access to whitelist some of the music that I was making, so it became increasingly difficult to release. And two, I was running out of money to pay videographers. You know, because I paid everybody that was involved. Yeah. Um, Well, some, some dancers worked for me for free because I was like, I'm not making any money. This is just for our Instagrams. You know, you could use it too. But I decided to only create content to like unreleased songs and release it as with the label for like cross promo. Mm. So I've done probably like 10 sponsored ones. And I did one with the label moving castle, which is a really dope independent music label run by my friend, Brett Blackman. Shout out Brett Blackman. Um, dim mock, which is Steve Aoki's yeah, label. Uh, yeah. That's why. Uh, Mix mag, which is a really dope, uh, like world DJ magazine that also has a blog and a label and a podcast. Um, that my friend Val is involved in, and um, I did one for iHeart Comics, which is a cool collective. So yeah, I mean, I just sort of reached out or waited for them to reach out and be like, "Hey, do you want to do a video with this label? Well, this is the budget." Yeah. So that's been cool. Doing one with Casablanca Records, which is really cool. So yeah, that's just been really helpful. Actually, to they give me the music, or they give me like a option. They're like, "Hey, these are the next ten releases. Which song speaks to you? Yeah, pick a song." pitch them a concept and then go from there.
0: Is is that something that you're going mostly through people that you already know? Or is it like you would shoot them an email and say, hey, you know, this is kind of what I've been doing. Do you have anything that you would want to send me? Like, how is that process?
1: It's been mostly through people that I know. But when I say people that I know, P.S., check out the sunset right now if you can. Hey. It's, it's nice. You can see the sunset through <laughs> the window. Yeah. Um, I don't have like a nice view or anything. It's, yeah, it's second nice, story, though. but it's 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 good enough.
0: Silver a little silver like pad.
1: Yeah, silver like pad. Um it's from people that I know, but it's even just from people that I've met briefly on one occasion at a set, at a show. And I mentioned that I'm a choreographer as well, and um, then we start that relationship. But there's also a network that I'm a part of that I'm really lucky to be a part of uh, called Nap Girls, which is like a female empowerment music industry. Group, application-based group. Um, exactly. He just did the nap, the little take a nap. I fell visual. asleep on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually like our our like little tag that when we take pictures. But yeah, so Nap Girls has been a really great resource. So there's like a group that we're all in on the internet and people post job opportunities. And there's a separate group that we have just to share our, our, our stuff. So people that have clients, they'll share their releases. Or if you're an artist, you'll share your release. So I started posting my videos there, just being like, "Hey guys, this is what it's my new joint. Check it out." So people from there, there's like 200 of us all across the the world, and um, I found that a lot of my opportunities have come from their friends. Hmm. So they, you know, I guess they've heard that someone needed a choreographer, so they've been like, "There's a there's a person in Nap Girls that does this. Here's her email." So I would say about like tw- at least 20 percent of my work has come from that group. I yeah. never could have imagined it would be such. A crazy resource.
0: It's so cool to see what you're doing in zones that might normally be, you know, uh, mostly controlled by men, like in like choreography and things like that. Totally. And there are a lot of incredible women choreographers, but it's still like it's amazing to see things like nap girls happen, where it's like just a bunch of really dope, oh you know, creators yeah. and whatnot. And and for you to be in the sort of you know power roles that you that you're already in and doing them in your own way. And I, I really enjoy working for women and with women because I feel like they. Oftentimes, bring this side that you don't necessarily get when you're working with other men, and obviously, it's it's so you know depends on the situation and the person, and every situation is so different, but. It's, it's, I just want to say, it's so cool to see, I just, you never have given a a fuck since I've met you, you know, (laughs) like literally since, and that's why when we met, I was just like, oh, let's throw a show. Let's do this because you, you have that fire to go create anything regardless of whatever the situation is that, and you just go and do it, you know, it's really cool to see.
1: So nice to hear that because we spend a lot of time in our heads criticizing ourselves and I'm never really resentful for the opportunities that I'm given or for the work that I'm working on but I see a lot of inspiring things around me and thing I see a lot of work that I believe, you know, is um has like surpassed what I'm doing not no comparison I just see a lot of work that I respect and that I aspire to achieve so that can kind of rain on your confidence because mm. you're like I'm choreographing this music video and this choreographer that has like 20 views on YouTube who is sick and you know, doing something I've never seen before doesn't get this opportunity. Right. There's this there's this feeling of like, am I good? You know, then you just go down the rabbit hole, of like, am I good enough? Are the dancers that I'm hired hiring too good for what I'm doing? <laughs> I feel that way all the time. And when I'm collabing with a producer too in the studio, they know more about music than I do, per se. Like let's say. Let's say I'm in a situation where I'm working with a producer and they're using all these tips and tricks that I've never known or they're exercising their knowledge and theory, you know, right. if, that, if, if I don't necessarily level up to that. It can just be soul crushing and paralyzing to work with people that are like, that you really respect and admire to the point where you just feel like you don't deserve that stuff.
0: Mm.
1: So I think having the attitude of just like not giving a fuck and kind of just doing it anyway is the, only, what, is the only thing you can do to keep growing. 100%. And then you'll turn around two years later and be like, oh, I'm not as bad as I was before, so yeah. I mean, there's oh, it's constant insecurities, especially on big jobs. You would think it's the opposite, but having a big job, getting a really cool opportunity, and just being like, "Is my work deserving of this?" Mm-hmm. is a question that I ask myself every day. But I'm, tr- you know, I'm constantly trying to like rep- sort of repress my self too or ego too. I forget what it is—the one that's bad, mm. <laughs> the one that, the one that shuts you down. Because it's a stifling thing.
0: Yeah, it can be paralyzing. Oh, yeah. The thing that I've, I think, found for me, because oh. I feel that a lot too, especially when you do gigs and there's just so much talent. Yeah. It, sometimes you feel so excited about that. And other times you feel like, holy crap. But like, you would
1: never know who's experiencing that. Like, right. I would never know that a, a peer of mine who's, you know, teaching a crazy, like teaching like a sold out thousands of people across in peru you know would never think that he or she would have like a confidence issue and then you hear them open up and you're like wow this is universal right like even madonna i'm sure has some confidence issues we all and i think it ebbs and flows there'll be months where i'm like fucking you know feel like i'm on top of the world and there'll be months where i'm just like should i quit
0: (laughs) i think it just depends on my menstrual cycle (laughs) (laughs) mostly.
1: exactly Oh, wow. It's really pink now. Are you seeing this? (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's It's awesome.
1: This is a really nice sunset. This is a good one.
0: The other thing I wanted to make sure you talked about, because when you told me about this, I I was cracked up, um, is the penny pad. Cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. um, So there's a few reasons why you're actually kind of involved And not necessarily from the inside out, but sort of from the outside in. So you met a guy, Kobe. Yeah. The similar, I think maybe the same day I met him. I think you met him a couple months after me. Mm -hmm. But I met him at the venue where we threw our first event at Montserrat downtown. I met him because I was DJing right after him. He was, I was playing right after him and he was finger drumming live. So I was blown away, got his info. We started immediately talking about ways we could collaborate, working on music he taught me a lot. I would just like shadow him in the studio a lot of the time. And I then came to him a few months later with this product design idea, which is called uh, the Penny Fat. And I'm just sorry, I got sidetracked, but I'm looking on that poster <laughs> and it says Kyle Robinson. And I'm laughing because that's such a, it's a also it's a funny common thread between yeah, us because yeah. Mason was on tour with shaping sound yeah. and kyle and i were on tour with west side story and he used to wear sunglasses when we do bar to warm up and everyone was like that guy's a fucking weirdo <laughs> but, but also everyone was like i want to be him so that's funny anyway sidetracked but um he i i spoke to kobe about wanting to um create the world's first like uh midi controller for dancers and he first was skeptical because he was like you're talking at me for hours. You already have the idea. You have the concept. You don't need me. And I was like, "No, I do need you. Like you're you're going to be my engineer because I don't know how to create. I don't know how to like uh I don't know how to manipulate the sensors that are in the the pad that I'll speak on in a bit um and 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 convert that to MIDI, to a MIDI signal so that we can map drum racks to it, whatever." So anyway, I just explained that I needed him. And he was like, "All right." So then, what what ended up being a bunch of Sunday afternoons of research and guess and check, stop and go. And finally, we created the world's first ever MIDI controller designed for dancers by dancers. And so, basically, it's a feet powered MIDI controller similar to a pedal, you know, that you would use or a looper that you would use uh, for vocals or for a guitar or for whatever it may be a synth. but you can trigger the samples in real time using your feet. So it warrants for movement and choreography. So a lot of the stuff that works is like some house house movement and footwork and mm-hmm. even even some like bee girling and bee boying too, because when you're on there your hands can trigger sounds. But basically what you do or what we did was um we bought an adapter from Hong Kong that ship was shipped here from the DDR Dance Pad to the USB. And then we opened up a audio programming software called Max MSP and created a formula or a tree in there that converted the GameCube or the, you know, Wii, Nintendo Wii Signal into a MIDI signal so that we could map and stack, rather, stack drum racks in Ableton using the looper object in Ableton um, to build a completed beat, a fleshed out beat. So, for example, you put the click track on, set your BPM every eight bars it would switch from percussion or like just a kick and snare combo to then the synth to the lead to the vocal chop and then you could even map effects on there too to come in so we right now just wrapped a documentary um with dance on for the um penny pad to introduce it to the world and from there i will um be sending that video to a bunch of hardware companies I've got my eye on native instruments dj tech tools Mm. a few others high reaches but definitely the right move yeah um and i'll be sending them that documentary so they can see it fleshed out and they can see it functioning and then what i want from them is an official partnership to fund making a bunch of beta versions of the you know completely penny designed controller because right now we've got a prototype but it's not, it's not catered to what exactly I want. I want a modulator that you can slide. I want it to be LED controlled. I want it to be velocity controlled. I want um, a tempo adjustment. I want like a display screen. So there's a lot of things that the DDR dance pad lacks that can't give me the tools that I want to make a complete like, fleshed-out beat and perform it live. But we've got the premise really strong. Mm-hmm. We've got it to work foolproof as long as we have max MSP and a laptop and the pad and the adapter. Um, but so my dream is to sort of manufacture like a hundred of them and give them to my friends and sell them to like some peeps. Yeah. If you're yeah. getting number two, I want one. um, and then, you know, sort of perform with it as often as I can. The You know, I would love to like sort of word off the DJ set and word on to the, to the penny pad set where I could have hire like three dancers and they each have their own Whoa. so they contribute to the, to the layering. So baby steps. But I think my, yeah, I think as the, we round up the year, like the biggest accomplishment from for 2017 for me was getting this thing off the ground. Cause I've been talking about it for like two years.
0: I, I had no I, idea. And when you told me about that at your party oh, yeah. that you threw that right. night, I, and I, I just cracked up. I was like, I this did. is amazing. It's like, uh, okay. I was like, wow. We had this uh.
1: conversation mind you like while it was like, wildebeest's crew was like running their (laughs) teching their show. And I was like watching these like crazy like children, you know, they just go off. And I was like, yeah, I'm making the penny pad. (laughs) So it's like, what?
0: (laughs) I really think that like the applications for the penny pad are going to be so cool. And I cannot wait to see how that moves forward because I think it's going to be this really cool things happening where it's going to teach dancers more about making music if they didn't already, right? Like it's totally. it's kind of going to bridge that gap and then also mm-hmm. the other way around, right? I mean yeah. It, even- well,
1: that's what I said to them when we were doing an interview portion and I said so, you know, for me it was so much more accessible to write on the path <laughs> so I was writing the music for the demo that we needed to like turn into dance so they could approve it so it could be, like, be part of the video Kobe and I were like sitting in a studio and I'm like all right, how about this for the lead? Do, 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 And he's like, well, I don't know. It kind of seems like it's, it's uh, stagnant. You're mm. only using four tones, four pitches. I'm like, yeah, because there's only four pads. <laughs> and he's like, oh, so it's been fascinating to write because he is more accessible with his MIDI fighter or with his machine or with his key- MIDI k- keyboard. And I just was not, I haven't been making music for years. Yeah. So it was more accessible for me to like do a shuffle step on the controller and see what that sounded like and then, you know, do like a jack and be like, oh, that sounds like a cool thing and then writing it on the pad versus writing it on your keyboard. So I think dancers Unreal. will be able to, I think we're going to get this wave of music that we maybe never would have gotten before from these incredible dancers that have this accessibility to their feet. But I mean, here and here's the bottom line is that dance has been a reactive force for years and years and years we've been making music and then it's breed it's been breeding movement life-changing movement but I want dance to be the generative force Hmm. so I'm making dance and that's creating the music and I'm not the first person to do this Imogen Heap has her Mimu gloves Mm -hmm. which filter sound and manipulate sound when you move your fingers and when so that was tight she kind of broke she like broke through But I was like taking it further and I'm like, well, there hasn't been one for dancers. And I've been putting everything else on hold. You know, I had this EP that I was going to drop in January, drop it in March. because I want this, I want this pad to come to fruition as fast as possible. And I want to make, kind of want to scrap the EP and make an EP just on the pad. (laughs) You know, but.
0: uh, Follow, uh, keep following this. This is so cool. It's really, really dope. And. Obviously, it's something that no one's done before. And I think that's, you're really on to something. And it's so exciting to watch it keep growing. And and it seems like you've got, you know, the fire to to make it something, you know, really amazing. So it's, I, I'm so excited. Thanks.
1: I can't wait for you to mess around on it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I have, oh, well, you saw, maybe you saw in my living room. I have three DDR dance pads. People are always like, <laughs> why? I literally have a TV and a couch in my living room and those three pads. People are like, why huh. these? <laughs> why now, 2017? <laughs> but um, but yeah, when we get it next time we get a chance, I'll I'll just like get it started for you because I have everything I need right here. But like I said, I I really want to design it from the ground up. Yeah, I just need people with the monies right. to do that and the me. technical
0: ex- expertise to like you know create that yeah you know the next prototype of the product and the next one you know whatever it it takes
1: totally and that's why I'm so glad I had my friend Kobe. Helping me with it because he really broke through the engineering side of it. Right. You know, he like is a whiz in that way.
0: We'll drop links to everything we've been talking about and, uh, in all the descriptions and whatnot. So you can see Kobe do his thing and, uh, so many cool people that we've been talking about. So we'll, we'll put all that there so you can go and check them out if you want to, too. Ska. Ska.
1: Yes. I love it.
0: Well, thank you so much. Thank Um, you so much. It's been, it's been such a pleasure and, uh,
1: likewise
0: let's do it again down the road because I'm excited about everything. Yes.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And if you are listening and you're an artist who has some stuff to talk about in a refreshing manner, hit up Mason. Yeah. Yeah this podcast about to take off?
0: Please, yeah, please. I would love it. to, t- I would love, there's so many people I'd love to talk to. And I've, I've just been starting with, you know, my, my close friends and the people that I feel like are doing cool stuff, but yeah, absolutely. Send me everything. Send me any of your thoughts about, you know, the podcast or anything yep. we've been making. Um,
1: um, and PS, quick plug, listen yeah, to lift off Ayo. Mason's debut EP. Yep. It's your debut EP, right? Yeah, okay. it's debut. Um, so make sure you check that out.
0: Yeah. Liftoff. Uh, you can find it on iTunes, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, anywhere like that on my website. Um, yeah. where can people find all of your stuff? You know, if they, when they want to go check that out.
1: Yeah. Um, every social media platform for me is at Penny wild music, Penny with a Y and wild with an I. Um, and I always sort of post links to other things like from my Twitter, Instagram or Facebook, and then I'm just Penny wild on Facebook. Um, and what else do I have? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, just Pennywild all across the board. And then if you want to watch some like concept dance videos, you could search the hashtag Pennywild Wednesdays. Um, and you can while you're there, you can t- check out the hashtag Freestyle Friday and check <laughs> out some of Mason's stuff. It's really cool locations and stuff. But yeah, thanks for listening and thanks for having me, Mason. Penny,
0: thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
1: <laughs> Woo! Get <laughs> it. <Skitty>.
0: Bye. <laughs> This love oh, yeah.